Welcome to Swing Theory Golf, the ultimate podcast for the golf enthusiast. I'm your host, Tim McElvana, PGA professional, and I'm thrilled to be joined by my co-host, Sean Klotz, a seasoned PGA professional as well as over 20 years experience in the golf industry. Join us as we delve into the world of golf, covering everything from swing tips to top-notch golf destinations. We will discuss the greatest golfers of all time and explore the latest golf trends in the game of golf. Get ready to tee off with Swing Theory Golf, your source for all things golf. Let's dive in. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, we're here at uh, SwingTheoryGolf.com. I'm your host, Tim McElvano, with my co-host, Sean Klotz. Hey, golfers. How you doing? Good. Um, so today we're going to talk about the, uh, the lob wedge, uh, mastering the lob wedge, if you need the lob wedge, and who needs the lob wedge. So, Sean, in your uh, years of experience, um, do you think that most amateurs would need a lob wedge? Do you think most amateurs need a lob wedge? No, not at all. <laughs> right? I don't want to be the only bad guy out here. <laughs> um, I, I'm going to relate it pretty quick, T-Mac, to just kind of saying this. When, when, I, when I coached high school golf, and uh, you helped me out as well, we were both kind of coaching the Zephyr Hills High School golf team. Mm-hmm. I think one of the first clubs that we ever pulled out of p- kids' bags was the Lob Wedge. Yep, right? yep. Get that out of there. Um, it's, it's a specialty club. Um, it's needed or necessary on tour. Because their conditions Correct. are way different than what our most of our golf yeah. listeners are. The playing. surface that they're playing on is much, greatly different than what we're playing <laughs> right? on, for sure. Yeah. So, um, so in the you know on the on the negative side of lob wedges, it's way more consistent for our listener to get the ball on the ground quickly yep. and let it roll out. Yeah. Especially if you're a beginner, yep. you know, get that thing on the ground rolling as quick as possible. Get the, the flying putt. That's what I That's like it. to call it. Yeah, exactly. You know, the yeah. flying putt. Yeah. Uh, and that would be more geared towards like an eight iron or even a seven iron, you know, that, that type of chip shot, which is a whole different segment, whole different podcast. Mm-hmm. But in, in the relationship to a lob wedge, that's why we would like you to try to um, keep the ball low to the ground. And, and, and like you said, flying putt, let it run, yeah. uh, read the break, whatever that is. Yeah. So on the opposite side, mm-hmm. if we were going to say, hey, okay, well, I feel like I'm, I'm kind of moving my game up or I'm ready for the next club that's going to change my handicap index. Correct. Because it certainly can. Yeah. It, oh, yeah. It was designed for a reason. Um, it can be an unbelievable tool. Yes. You know, uh, you just got to... If you take nothing else away from today's uh, podcast, it would be swing your lob wedge the same speed that you swing your driver. Um, so what I mean by that is I think the player who mishits the, the, the 60 degree, which is typically the lob wedge 60, maybe 58, but kind of 58, 60. Yeah. Sometimes you might even see a 64 out there, but usually 58 to 60. But the player who uh, mishits that club is the one who decelerates. Correct. And, and stops moving. Yeah. <clears throat> and the the ball's not going to go anywhere. Like it doesn't, it's not going to travel a hundred yards. Yeah. It's designed to go up in the air at 60 degree loft to get up in the air. So if you do some of the basic chipping fundamentals, Mm -hmm. you know, um, which is for, for again, uh, I would say definitely have to keep weight on your left side. Yep. Uh, Ball back in your stance a little bit. Or at least back of center. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, swing, 
your body, don't swing just your hands, mm-hmm. right? That's another one, which again, for consistency's sake, if I was trying to teach somebody, hey, I, I want to hit something higher up in the air, I'm going to tell them to essentially move their chest to the right with mm-hmm. their arms extended and the club is part of the extension of the arms. Correct. And then move back to the left. Yep. And, and um, I think follow-throughs always need to be longer than backswings. Yes. Acceleration. Yeah. You know, that that's what's going to give you that acceleration when you come through. Yeah. Uh, you know, I always kind of tell some of my students, make it feel like it's more short to long. Yeah. Uh, it gives it that con- condensation of, you yeah. know, I'm going to accelerate through the ball. Yeah. Um, as you said, a lot of people decel. Yeah. And then, uh, and hit down into it. Yes. You know, that's, that's a, a kind of another misconception is if I got to get the ball up in the air, I've got to hit up on it or swing it up in the air. And you've got 64 degrees of loft. You don't need to help it up no, anymore. No. You so, know, so hitting down to the, you know, into the ball. And that's why we put, put the ball position back typically mm-hmm. a little further back in our stance. Cause that just helps promote that angle of attack. That downward strike that we're yep, looking for. Yep. 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 Um, and then realistically let the club do the work don't don't add wrist motion to it all right i'm gonna preface that i'm gonna say that but then in maybe two minutes i might come back to something where i talk about wrist motion okay but for the for the uh again for the we'll call it novice somebody who's just trying to start to learn how to use and everything we're talking about by the way should be applied to a 56 degree or a sand yeah, edge too absolutely it's not just a lob wedge conversation but yeah to hit down in the ball to have your weight on your front side your left side mm-hmm. um to kind of lean towards your left side. And, and I think another thing I see T-Mac, uh, when, when we see the player who's trying to get the ball up in the air, when they start their backswing, they move their weight shift to the right. Okay, you know? yeah. And, and, and now you're out of position, Yeah. essentially. Right? Yeah. You're, you're, just, you're too far to the right, you're too far back, which then when you start your downswing, it almost tends them to blade it. Yeah, you're not going to get that angle of attack yeah. that you're looking for yeah. to get down to it because yeah. you've shifted that weight so far back behind right. it. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, so that's why we kind of promote the idea of, hey, just start your weight on your left side. Move your arms to the right. Don't move your weight to the right. Mm-hmm. Just move your arms to your torso again. Turn, turn, turn your torso to the right, which brings your arms going to the right. And, and basically return the golf club. All right. You know, with something we kind of, again, didn't, didn't really mention to, to, the play, to the player is uh, when you're setting up to it, you should have the handle slightly forward. Yes. Of the club head. Correct. At impact. Yes. And that's the return position we're trying to get back to. Mm-hmm. Right. Again, I think the, the error is when the person returns the club head to the ball first before yeah. their hands have gotten there. Correct. You know, so my stupid little analogy is the swimmer and the shark. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. So basically the, the swimmer is the grip mm-hmm. and the shark is the club head. Okay. Okay. So go with me on this one. I know it's a little goofy, but as you take the club back, you know, the, the, the shark, the club head is behind your hands, Mm -hmm. which is the swimmer. Mm -hmm. When you return back to the ball, make sure the grip, the swimmer is always out racing the shark, which is the club to the ball. Great analogy. It gives you a good visual right there. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, so again, uh, as we talk about people sometimes decelerating through impact, what they're really doing is the club head's moving faster and the hands are stopped moving. Yeah, the club's the going past the hands. The body stopped moving. So, yeah. um, you know, 3 o'clock in the morning, when you guys wake up tonight, you'll be thinking about the <laughs> swimmer and the shark. <laughs> but uh, sometimes, you know, some of these little analogies will, will kind of fit in. Absolutely. When you're out there on the golf course, you know, having those little thoughts definitely help you a lot. Yeah. Um, now, the other thing is, is practice time. You know, I think people need to realize before they go out and, and get this 64, 60-degree 60 wedge how much you really have to practice this, mm-hmm. um, you know, and 
and practice where this shot is landing, how much it's rolling out. Where to use it. Where to use it, when, when to use it, you know. I, I see a lot of people, especially the younger students, they get married to the thing. I mean, it could be, you know, three feet off the, the collar, and they're flopping this yeah. thing where you could just hit a little eight iron, uh, you know, even a putter, yep. you know, at this point. Um, so I think, you know, using it at the right times mm-hmm. is just as vital as, as how you practice as well, right. you know, um, making sure that you, you know, just don't fall in love with the club yep. um, and, and – you know, utilizing different shots around the green are really going to help you quite a bit yeah. uh, other than just getting married to that 60. We're, we're based out of Florida, you know, just outside of Tampa. And uh, I'll tell you, you know, as a listener, and, and I pretty much don't hit the love wedge for probably five months out of the year. Correct. Right. And that's mm-hmm. our winter time. Yeah. That tends to come in. And we get that question a lot. How do you hit off of a tight lie? Well, you don't take a highly lofted club yeah. hitting off of a tight with twelve degrees line. of bounce or you know <laughs> yeah. whatever it no, is. We're gonna we're gonna try to get something again rolling quickly. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna take that nine iron and bump and run it. And, uh, yeah. So I mean, bunkers. It's very useful for bunkers, no question about it. Mm-hmm. Um, especially high lipped bunkers or something where you got to hit it shorter. Yeah. I, I would say that that's one of those things that if I get a ten to fifteen yard bunker shot, I'm probably gonna hit my lob wedge because yeah. I know what it's gonna do. But if I've got that 25-yard bunker shot, I'm not going to try to hit lob wedge harder. No. I'm going to do what we tell our listeners on the other side in the fairways. Take the longer club. Take something like a 56. Yeah. And make the same swing, and you're going to get a, a longer result. Correct. You know, Correct. Trying to hit something harder. Yeah. If you try to go with the, uh, the 60 and try to go harder, you're probably going to go underneath it, yep. one of the two, yep. or you're just going to sky it up even higher. Yeah, you get that too. You get that too. But and again, it's a good analogy because when they do shank it, what they're doing is they're stopping their hands. Correct. So the club head is just kind of coming through, and, and it's usually open. Obviously, it's usually a shank. It's typically a shot that's hit off the hosel. Mm-hmm. They haven't rotated the face. Yep. All the things we talk about in normal golf swing. So, um, where to use it? Super important. Typically, you know either good fairway we'll call it yeah. um, higher higher rough yeah it can be super uh, i mean it's almost a club that you can't use any other club effectively unless you have a lob wedge yeah from a high rough thick rough soft sand you know so it's yeah it, we don't want to come off saying that this is a club that's bad this is a great it's club. a great club you yeah. just got to practice with yeah. it and, and and know you know as you said where to utilize that club at yep again for the listener um please go check out a Phil Mickelson YouTube, uh, basically discusses chipping. Now, mm-hmm. There's a bunch of different chipping Phil Mickelson videos on YouTube. Um, the one that I'm specifically talking about is where he really talks about, he's like, hey, there's five fundamentals to chipping. Mm-hmm. Okay? And, and we've already covered a few of them as far as weight position forward, hands forward, uh, don't switch off to the right or don't move to the right side. But the one that I think is interesting, which even as a, instructor for 15 years i didn't really teach it this way yeah uh, and then i started using it in my own game like oh he may be maybe the greatest wedge player in the world of all, he's on to something there all right yeah <laughs> i can figure something out but essentially is uh if you want to hit the ball high you move the ball position way forward mm-hmm. left of your front foot yep and that's how you hit that ball high and soft yep and if you want to hit the ball low you move the ball position behind your right foot and his theory in that is that you never play the ball position in the middle. Correct. You know? Yeah. Um, but again, 
He's Phil Mickelson. <laughs> right. He's he's a he's a different different animal. Uh, but I've gone to that technique um, here lately, and I think it's a, a you know having that ball up in your stance, making sure your weight is forward. Okay, you've got to make sure that you're hitting down on this ball. Uh, you're going to get a lot of spin. You're going to get a lot of stop. Yeah. Um, but as I said, it's one of those shots that I've had to practice quite a bit on, uh, and I can't say it's a hundred percent. You know, I've got it in the bag, but, you know, I'd say 90% of the time I'm executing that shot. But when it doesn't work, yeah. bye-bye, baby, you know. Yeah. So, as I said, you, you, practicing it is, is definitely vital yeah. to that club, yeah. you know, and not just going up pounding driver, you know. That's what everyone wants to practice. Uh, last thing I'll say about the wedge, because mm-hmm. this is a slightly shorter segment, essentially is, um, you know, pick out one that looks good to you. Mm-hmm. Pick, pick out one that, that, that uh, it doesn't always need to be the 180 wedge wedge prices have gone up yeah. considerably over the last five years yeah. but somewhere you know i mean i'm going to say probably 100 to 175 dollars is what you're going to plan on paying for one club yeah which is again drivers are 600 now or 500 so hey this is a club that could really lower my score it could save you two or three shots yeah. easily in a round so i don't care what the name of the brand is uh, we're not brand specific no. at least we, i don't think we are uh, when we discuss our clubs here, we just want to kind of give a, a, a objective view on golf clubs. Absolutely. But I will say that, like, you know, Cleveland, Callaway, TaylorMade, Titleist, Mizuno, mm-hmm. um, Ping. Those yeah. Are probably the five that most people know. Wilson actually has really good looking. They've got really good wedges. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And sometimes a little lower price than some of the other guys we just mentioned. But um, I don't think it really matters. It's just there's some different condition or some different uh, like. Some rust, some don't. Some are black, some are satin, some are tore finish, right. some are raw. What I've read so far is essentially that I just read an article about the tore raw finish for the Cleveland. They may not want to hear this, but mm. there is not more friction on a tore raw finish uh, wedge than there is on a standard satin finish. They advocate that it is, but there really isn't a test. Psychological. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know. So find something that looks good to you. I, I really keep coming back to that because I want to feel just like my putter. I want to feel when I look down at that club that I'm going to execute the shot. Confident, right? Yeah. 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 I'm confident that I'm going to execute that shot, as yeah. you said, and, and, and pull then, it off. And then, uh, like, with the Zipcore world, meaning Cleveland, there's going to be uh, – they have a club called a full face, and what that means is it's more of a cavity back. Mm-hmm. And that might be a really good option for that kind of 8 to 25 handicapped golfer yeah. who still wants the benefit of the 60-degree but they want the benefit of also being able to miss hit the club a little, a little bit more forgiving, yeah. right? And yeah. it's uh, and I think the lines go all the way across the face yeah. instead of having that little stop. Yeah. So even if you kind of hit it off the toe a little bit, uh, you're going to get a little spin. Uh, so that's that forgiveness that they're they're talking about there, yeah, for sure. So hopefully that gives you guys some good uh, good thoughts with the lob wedge. Um, you know, don't don't be scared of it. No, just just put the time and effort and practice into it. Correct. And uh, and and go lower your, lower your score score because I know that I've it's really helped me become a better short game player. But uh, you have to yes. put the time and effort into it. Yes, a lot of work on it. So once again, I want to say thank you uh, from Swing Theory Golf. I'm your host Tim Alcavana with Sean Klotz. from One Stop Golf Club. Come on down, see us. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Thank you for tuning in and teeing off with Swing Theory Golf. Keep swinging, keep improving, and stay tuned for more exciting episodes. This is Tim McElvain, signing off.